Got it. <laughs> Come on, I'm so glad to be here. Come on, let's give praise unto the Lord. The Lord is good. <laughs> It's always a blessing. We are so, so excited, so glad to be here. Pastor Lee is such a blessing. I'm just so honored, so thankful to have known him and just to walk with him, to, to, to learn from him, to serve under him because he's, he's a leader to all of us. I tell you, let's just praise God for Pastor Lee. Let's, let's just thank God for what God is doing through him, just encouraging the body of Christ, just you know, strengthening everyone. He has such a heart for the kingdom. And we're just so glad, so thankful for him. I'm glad for Felix, Andrew, all the pastors in the house, all the leaders. I'm thankful for Brother Joe. Brother Joe is somewhere there. Thankful for him. You know, he's been a blessing. They've been coming. They've been doing outreaches in our area. And in one of those outreaches, we had an opportunity to minister to one lady that was about to commit suicide. And the Lord snatched her out of it. And God good. <clears throat> Hallelujah. God is faithful. And so we're just thankful. And thank, thank you to, you know, to all of you. Just thank you for what you do. Know that what you're doing, you know, the seed you are sowing in the house, your commitment to the house is not in vain. It's doing just it's amazing things. All of this city in, Baton, in, in North Baton Rouge, where we are everywhere, the Lord is using your seed, your labor of love to change many lives. And we are just so thankful that God has put you here and so you can be excited for what God is doing in the house. Amen. I came with my, my wife, my better half. She's somewhere there. Uh, she's somewhere at the back with Emma. We're so, so glad to be here. We came with the kids. She's probably running the, the last two somewhere. <laughs> but we're just so thankful. We're glad to be here. Um, the, the church sends their greetings. We are just so honored that we can partner together with this church. Always a blessing. And like you said, I'm not a stranger. I'm not a guest. This is my house. Amen. Uh, yeah, I'm just so glad that I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> this is my house. This is, well, every time I come here, I feel at home. Amen. And so I'm glad that God has a word for us. Are you excited for the word of God today? <clears throat> I always tell people that the way I sound, the way I look will not change you. But I know one thing that will change you. The word of God will. The word of God will change you. And so we can be excited when we go to the, to the Word of God. Father, we thank you. We bless you, O oh God, that we get to get into your Word, Father. We just submit our hearts. We submit our lives, Lord. We pray that your Spirit will take over this time. Lord, we are tired of hearing men. We, we, men can change an inch of us, Lord. Father, we need to hear your voice. I ask, O oh God, that I will step aside, that you will have your way. Lord, I pray that your spirit, oh God, will give me utterance. I pray that you open our ears, you open our hearts, Lord. And that, Father, you minister life in us that will leave your change transformed, Lord. We silence every voice that's not the voice of God. And, Lord, we give you all the glory. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I'm going to just want to encourage us in the word of God. I'll be sharing briefly today on the topic, a seat at the Father's table. Sharing about the Father's table. Will you turn to me to Matthew chapter 15, verses 22 to 28. And then we're going to read also, our main text will be Psalms 23, verse 5. But first we're going to read Matthew chapter 15, verse 22 to 28. While you are doing that, I'm going to get a drink of water. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
So are you there? If you're there, if you're there say, I am there. If not, they say, wait for me. Everyone is there. So Matthew 15, <clears throat> verses 22 to 28. And then just, you know, we'll go to, to Psalms 23 after this. So I'm reading Matthew chapter 15 from verses 22. says, And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away. For she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Let us go to Psalms 23, verse 5. The famous psalm, I'm going to read a verse in that psalm. Psalms 23, verse 5. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. David said, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So David is simply here talking about the provision of God. Can I talk to you a little bit about the provision of God today? He's, he's referring, you know, the word table here is the same word as the word used in Matthew 15 that we just read. It simply means provision. It means the provision, the care of God. So Psalms 23 is talking about the provision of the Lord. In fact, that whole psalm, and indeed the whole, the Bible presents God as a God that is caring. That loves to be there for his people. That wants to be there and care for his people. You know, I was reading an article with my kids the other day. It was talking about these animals that live in cold areas. They're called penguins. And the article was talking about penguin darts. And that species is a little interesting. When the ladies give birth to their little ones, the ladies go away for like three months. That's an interesting species. <laughs> like I wonder how that would happen if that was that was that were, that were human beings. I don't want to think how that would happen. That's an interesting species. But what happens is they go away, and what happens is the the, the fathers, the dads take those young ones and they all stand around and they put those young ones under their feet so the cold will not harm them so they'll be warm for all those months and i was reading that god was telling me son you see that's a picture of god right there see our father loves to make sure to care for us to make sure that we have what we need to meet us at our point of need that's the heart of the father to care for his children, to care for his loved ones. That's what the Bible says in Matthew 23, verse 37. He says, how have I longed to surround you like a, like a chick, like a hen surrounds her children. I've longed to, to, to cloth you, to put my arms around you, 
to take care of you. First Peter 5, 7, he says, cast all your cares unto him because what he cares for you. That's the God we serve, the God who cares for us. Notice that First Peter 5 doesn't say cast your cares because he will, he doesn't start by saying he will fix it. No, he says he will, he cares. Because you can fix something without caring. The repairman does that sometimes. Some repairmen do that. They can fix something and they don't, they, don't, they don't care an inch. Just take your money. But that's not our God. He doesn't just fix you. He actually cares for you. He cares for your well-being. Like the well-being of your spirit, soul, and body. Come on, let's praise the God who cares. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The God who cares for us. David was conscious of the care and the provision of God. He was conscious of the table that was before him. All what God had made available for him. He was conscious of it. And he took it a step further in verse 5. He said, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Now I want you to see the word enemy there just not, not as man, not as people. No, just as, look at it as challenges, as difficulties, as tough times. The things that are not the way they ought to be. He said, you, he said, you prepare a table for me even in difficult times. It means the, the flow of his provision doesn't stop in difficult times. Come on, how cool is that? How great is that? And even when things are tough, he still prepares a table for us. Now, it's worth mentioning this because sometimes life, can, life will make you lose sight of this. You know, life happens, situations come your way, tough times come, and it can make you lose sight of the truth of God's care and provision. Maybe you got a report that wasn't what you were expecting. Or a difficulty or a challenge arises. And it's enough to make you forget this. Sometimes we, we, our consciousness of the fallen state of man can make us less conscious of the reality of God's provision. I was at the funeral yesterday. I was sharing at the funeral yesterday a young man in his 30s come to our church. They called me that he was, they found him dead. And I was there yesterday with the family. I was with them the whole week. And while I was there, when I saw that young widow crumble on that coffin with her children, crying bitterly, there was no way, no, she could not be comforted. You know, it was painful, it was, it was a difficult, it was difficult. You know, life will do that sometimes. You know, in times like that, all, you know, questions, all kinds of questions, you know, just come into your mind and questions about the reality of God's care, God's provision, God's protection. It will flood your mind, and before you know it, you can start questioning that and, and wondering about that. And, and, and does he really do that? Does he really, is he really there? You know, but David had understood that the reality of God is even in difficult times, even when things are tough, he still makes available the provision. Enough, in fact, more than enough, all we need to make it through. It means even when it is hard. You know, David had understood what Israel had not understood. Let me read to you something in the Bible 
about Israel. Psalm 78 verse 19, he says, They spoke against God. They said, can God really spread a table in the wilderness? Psalm 78 verse 19. See, they were looking at their wilderness and the things that were difficult and they questioned God's ability to provide, to show up. So can God really spread a table in this wilderness? They had not understood what David had understood, that the wilderness does not dry up the flow of his provision. It doesn't stop the release of his power. It doesn't keep him from fulfilling his agenda. He always surrounds us with what we need to make it in that situation. The word of God is telling us people, the word of God is telling you with that report that is nothing like you thought it would be. God's word is saying there is a table prepared for you. God's word is saying to you with that crisis in the home, with that son, that daughter, that is so difficult. God is saying there is a table prepared for you. God is saying to the church in the darkest hour of our life. God is saying there is a table prepared for us. Hallelujah. You see, it might be the darkest time of our existence, but I'm excited for the church. Because it's amazing what God has made available for us for this hour. What God has prepared for us. And so I want to tell you there is a table prepared for you. Right now, in front of the things you are facing, that God has made available some things for you. With that struggle in your body, in your mind, even in the midst of it, with that struggle in your marriage, in your household, in your home, God has made provision for you. There is still a table, people. He has still prepared things for us to go through the things we are facing. The only challenge is that our eyes will be open to see it. Because sometimes situations in life will cloud our eyes and make us miss out on it. And before you know it, you're living your life away from those things that God has made available for the church. That's why I'm not worried about the church in spite of all the, the news and the things that the world is saying. No, I'm conscious that the word of God says there is a table for us. In these days, in our time, in our season. He has prepared what we need. He has prepared what we need. And so we don't walk in fear. We don't walk in anxiety. We don't walk oh, worried about tomorrow. We know he has made it available. That's why you see the prayer of, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1 is, so, is such an important prayer. Because sometimes life will make us miss out on it. You know, all the news and all the things we hear will make you lose sight of this reality. And so I wanted to read that prayer to you because I've been praying for it for the church. I'm praying for it for my life in this season. Because I'm like, God, I don't want to miss out on it. But if we don't take care with all what is happening, we may lose sight on all what is there for us. And so that, that prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 is such an important prayer. 
Then I pray for our lives. Let me read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power that is the same. Wow. That power that is the same as the mighty strength. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Church, that's what's available for us. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. And every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. That is what's on the table, people. That's what's available for us. It's more than just, this is more than just material things. It's more than just material things. We're not talking about your next meal. You know, I know when I said the father's table, some people's minds just, just went straight to the meal that is about to come. Your mind just went straight to that favorite dish. Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go have it. Oh no! When I'm just talking about a dish or material things, those are crumbs. That's nothing. Look at what we are talking about. This is the call of that God has for us. The hope that he has for us. The calling, the purpose that he has laid ahead for us. This is the inheritance, the righteousness, the peace, the joy, the grace, the favor that is in the Holy Ghost. That he has laid as laid for us. Oh, I love the one he says, the, incorre- the, the incomparable great power of the Spirit of God that is in us. He says it's the same power that brought Jesus out of the grave. The same power that took him out. That no devil, no power of darkness could stop. That that itself could not stop it. Says that power. That's what we got. That's what is available for us. The authority of the name. That is above every other name. It says high above principalities, powers, and all the works of the enemy. That authority is ours. That's what is available. Oh, I pray like Ephesians. God, open our eyes. Open our minds, God. Let the veils be uplifted today. Open our eyes right where we are to begin to see. Oh, just everything that is in front of us. And the good news is you have a seat at the table, people. Oh, we have a seat, I tell you. See, this, the story in Matthew 15, Jesus was using it to show his disciples. Because in those days, there was a thing about, you know, Jewish people not sitting down with people that were not uh, Jewish. And so they felt like the others didn't have, didn't have a place, didn't have access to it. Jesus used that story to show them that in him, everyone has access to the Father's table. Hallelujah. 
Everyone has access to what the Father has made available. I'm not the one saying it, it's that the Bible says it. Ephesians 2 verse 6. It says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. It says, in the past we were in our sins, we were in darkness, we were rejected, we were away from him. We, we, no one would care to be with us. But I'm so glad that even when I was rejected and in sin and deprived and away from him, he loved me enough to come for me. To raise me up and to seek me with him. (laughs) Hallelujah. To make me seated with him. Because of Jesus, you no longer have to stay in the place of of depression, of sin, of rejection, of guilt. No longer have to stay away from all what God has made available. No, when Jesus died, he made a way for you. He opened the door for you. So you can be saved, you can be raised up, and you can be seated with him. But why don't we always walk in it, in all what he has made available? Why don't we always, why don't we walk in all these things that are spread out, that are available for us, for the church? This, this, this verse in, in, in verse 5 answers that question. It shows us, it gives us a few principles there that we can take a look at. But to understand it, you have to go to the cultural context in which David was speaking in verse 5. About the table. You see, in the Hebrew culture, the, a table was only as important as the host. A table was only as great as the host. The person that prepares the table. That makes available all what you find on the table. It was to the point where if a host was, some people, if a host was not important, they never went to that house. They never went to that table. If a host was important, then everyone went there. So the host, the person that prepared the table had a place of prominence, was very important because he, the guests were under the, con- the control and the charge of the host. The host told them, you sit here, you sit that way, you do this, you do that, you do this. The host was in control of the guests. And on the other hand, the guests were under the total provision and protection of the host. It was at a point where if, if you were running away from somebody and you entered the house of a host, those people had to deal with the host first before dealing with you. Because the guest was completely under the provision, the protection of the host. Now when David says, he prepares a table for me, he is saying God is the host. He's saying God is the host. He is declaring his submission and his dependence of God as a host. So he can walk in all what God has fully made available for him. So the first application here is depend on the host. Depend on the host. See, as we submit, depend on him and let God be the host, then we walk in all what he has made available for us. As we let God be the host, you see, there's this thing about God is that he must be the host. He must be the one running the show. He will not be the guest. He will not even be the co-host. No, he will not. He must be the one 
running the show. It is when he is the host that all what he has made available is unlocked. That we start to walk in it. Now that's a little challenge because we are used to as human beings to play host. We are naturally inclined to be in charge. To be in control. To try to make it work by our own strength. We try to attain righteousness by our own strength. Try to let go of that sin by our own strength. We try to fix that character, that relationship issue with our own strength. We try to make the decisions the best we know how. And really God is not a factor in it. We're not going to God for direction. You see, he becomes an honored guest. A guest we respect, we honor, but he's not running the show. See, when that happens, he becomes the guest and no longer the host. And then we lose the ability to walk in that which he has made available. Because we tend to want to carry it on our own and not let him carry it. It's possible to carry it on your own. Oh yes, I was talking with a brother of mine. You know, we we talk and we encourage each other all the time about the challenges and the things we face. He's a born again, he's a Christian and we just love to encourage each other and pray and at some point in time, we were talking about just the difficulties and the way we were so exhausted and tired. And, and he said something that was so true. He said that maybe, he told me that maybe, maybe just maybe we began carrying it on our own. We began carrying this work on our own. We began having it on our shoulders. And you know, he was right. Because sometimes you can be carrying the burden of that marriage, that house, that son, that daughter on your own. It's possible and it's very heavy. Oh yes, you will notice it. It's very heavy because the the yoke of God is light. Of Jesus is light. He says, take my yoke upon you. He says, because it is light. So when you put your yoke on him, when you let him carry it, be the horse, suddenly you feel lighter. So we need to get better at casting it. Not carrying it, casting it. At his feet, at the altar, to him. Because as we let him be the host, as we let him take charge, as we submit to him, then everything he has made available, the forgiveness, the righteousness, the power, the healing, the restoration, then starts to flow. Then we start walking in it. He has to be the host. Just the Holy Spirit did not come to be the guest. I must say this, it was in my mind. So strong. In John 14, he said, I will send the Spirit of God and he will be with you and he will be in you. He didn't come there to be a guest. So that he will do it the way you want. And the way it's comfortable for you. He came to be the host. To lead you, to direct you, even if it's not comfortable. Even if it's unusual. The Pharisees had an issue with it because they wanted it to be done according to what they were used to doing. The Holy Spirit didn't come to do it the way you were used to doing it. He came to fulfill heaven's agenda, even if it's a way totally different than what you're used to. What if he wants to do it in a totally different way in your life? When he came down in Acts chapter 2, and upon the disciples... He began to move in and through them in ways that shocked everyone. They thought they were crazy. They thought these guys had lost it. And as I read that, the Holy Spirit asked me a question. 
Can I have the freedom to be a host like that in your life? Can the Holy Spirit have the freedom? My brother, what's your name, Patrick? Can the Holy Spirit have the freedom, Patrick, to walk like that in your life? Can the Holy Spirit take you to heights you've never been? Things that are unusual to you. What if he wants to flow in and through you in an unusual way? In a way that you're not used to. What if he wants to do that? Can the Holy Spirit have that kind of freedom? Because sometimes you see, we, we pray prayers. We say, Lord, I want to be free. I want you to free me. I want you to do things in my life. But the Holy, we are crying, God, do this. But the Holy Spirit is crying in us. Let me free. Take me out of that box. Just let me move freely. Let me be the host. And I'll show you what I can do. Take me out of the box of convenience. Oh, wait, you know, if it's something that you're not, and I'm not used to that, I'm not cool with that. I don't know about that. I don't know how the people look at me or feel about me. Take me out of that box and see the glory of God. Psalms 46 verse 10, it says, it says, quit striving and know that I am God. See, quit playing the host and see the, the hand of God. And watch the Spirit of God move like never before. Oh, I'm so glad the disciples, oh, let him have his, have his way. I'm so glad they didn't close it. They didn't hold up. No, 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 no. They surrendered to him. They said, do it the way you want it to be done. Oh, when they let him have that freedom, that access, oh, they changed, they turned their world around. The world could not stand them. Nobody could oppose them. And I believe it in every generation. Whenever a generation ceases, let's go of themselves, their pride, their convenience, their tradition, everything, and says, Holy Spirit, be free to do it the way you want to do it. I tell you, God shows up. We enter in His abundance. He moves in a way that we cannot imagine in our lives. Because He has enough for today, people. Oh, the, you know, the host always had enough. For the guests, as long as the guests were there. That's why David said that my, my cup overflows. The host, in fact, it was, a, it, was, it, was, it was a disgrace if the provision ran out while the guests were there. I said, if you remember in the story of Cana, the, the wedding in Cana, when it, was, when it was over, when it was finished, they had to go meet Jesus. Because if, if the wine stopped, or the grape juice, if you want, if, the, if it stopped, they could not, it was a disgrace. But it's not so with our Father. Hallelujah. The host, our Father, has enough. He has enough. It's available for it to flow and to overflow in our lives. And so the next, that's the next application. You can feed on His abundance. Every day, you can feed on the grace, on the mercy, on the joy, on the peace that He has for us. It doesn't end. It never dries up. Hallelujah. It never dries up. Lamentations 3 says his mercies are renewed every morning. Every morning there are fresh new mercies and grace for you and I. Psalm 68. He says, 
Psalm 68 verse 19 says, He blessed be the Lord and uh, our God and Savior Jesus who daily loads us. <laughs> daily loads us. Church, that, he's talking about loads, not crumbs. See those loads how you put at the back of a truck? He says he loads us with daily benefits. It means today there is a load for you. There is a load for you today. You know, have you ever, I was reading, I was driving my car one day, and you might have noticed it. A truck passed in front of me. It was the truck that belonged to this company, Amazon. And if you notice, at the back of their trucks, those doors that close, at the back of their truck is written there that there is more to prime. Truck loads more. And as I was reading that, the Lord just came into my mind, church. And I began to think about how there is more to God. There's lots more of God than what we have seen, people. There is more to God than what we have seen. There is a lot more of His grace, of His power, of His peace, of His visitation, of His deliverance. There is a lot more than what you have seen. There is still healing in his wings. There's a lot more of his power than where we are right now. Don't let the Lord of yesterday deceive you. No, there is a lot more. There is a lot more for him. And he says every day. It means you have the right to wake up every day hungry for more. You have the right to wake up every day desiring for more of Him. To experience His peace, His joy. It doesn't matter where you are. Oh, this Canaanite lady was so far away. She didn't even, even deserve to be asking Him. But she had a drive for more. She knew there was something in this man. Oh, that I need and that I must get. And she was like, I'm going to go for it. You see, I pray that God will create such a hunger in you today. A drive and a desire for him like never before that you wake up with it. Knowing there is more of this God that I can get and you will begin to reach for it. There is more of God for your family. For that son, I know I'm speaking to somebody, that daughter, oh it's not over. There is more of God's grace. There is more of his hand available for that daughter. There is more of God for the church. I'm telling you, we've not seen anything yet. Oh God, we've not seen anything yet. His power is still available in these last days like we've never seen. Like we've never imagined. Young man, I tell you, God has more for you. God has more for you. And so don't let the, the past and the things of yesterday stop you from opening up for what he has today. And getting what he has made available for you. Like that lady you see, as we will, and I was praying, as I read the story, I was praying for my life, I'm almost done. I was praying and I was like, God, I pray that I have that kind of drive and desire for more. That will not be stopped. Church, they tried to stop her. The disciples, even the people in church. The disciples were church people. Am I right? Am I right? They try to stop her. Don't let your neighbor stop you. 
Don't let anybody. They tried. He said, no, no. She said, no, no, no. I'm going for it. He has deliverance. He has the healing. He has the fire. He has what I need. And I was praying for my life and my kids. I was like, God, give us a drive that will not be stopped. Give us a hunger that will not be stopped. Because this world will try to stop it. This world will try to tell you, no, 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 no. Don't go that far. Don't seek that way. There is nothing more to look for. No, it's a lie. It's a lie. There is more to go after. There is more of his spirit, of his joy, of the move of the spirit of God. There are more gifts of the Holy Ghost that he wants to release to you. There is more of his presence that he wants to flow to you. And if you will let nothing stop you, you will let nothing keep you away, and you will go after him, oh, you will walk in his abundance. He will begin to flow in you. That's when the overflow starts. You know, he said, my cup overflows. When you are, oh, when you are so desperate for him, and you go after him, after what he has, what he has promised for us, oh, he starts to flow in you, and then he starts to flow through you. Because church, God has more. God has so much. He has enough for you and for your neighbor. Ain't that good? Hallelujah. <laughs> he has enough for you and for your household. But as you, as you hunger and go after him, then it starts to flow. It starts to flow in and through you, church. Our, our, our world is sick, you know. Our world is dry. Our world is in need of a move of God. Our world is in need of the move of the Spirit of God. You see, but, the, but God has a problem. Because according to this scripture, it only overflows through his people. If we are not drinking, it's not flowing. And so the world stays dry. See, that's the third application there. Is that we not only share in his abundance, we share in his authority. Because we are seated on, in high places, in heavenly places. It means we now have the authority he has. It means we are now citizens of heaven with him. It means if heaven will come down, it can only be but through you. If the glory of God will rise in that household, in that life, in that spouse, in that daughter, it can only flow through you. So do you agree with me that our world needs an overflow in the church? Our world needs an overflow in the church. That the joy, the peace, the love will be, will be filling us and overflowing. Our world is in desperate need of it. I was reading yesterday. 18 year old boy, 18 years, drove across states to go shoot 10 people. 18 year old boy. Church, our world is sick. Our world is sick. The healing that it will take the restoration that it will take, no government can do that. No authority can do that. It will take the love and the mercy of God, the grace and the power of God, all the healing anointing of God to begin to flow and overflow through some people, the church, for healing to take place. Our cup has to start overflowing. But we can because the Father has enough. The Spirit was released in abundance. He has enough. 
If we will quit playing the host, quit striving and start submitting. And start hungering and start going after him. And saying, God, I'm thirsty for more. I'm thirsty that you will move in my life. All those things will start to flow. In our lives and in our world. Can we rise to our feet and begin to pray? Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you. Oh, God has been speaking to you. I know it. The Spirit of God is in this place. I tell you, young man, there is more. Young lady, there is more. Ah, the Lord is in this place. (laughs) Oh, begin to talk to God. Begin to talk to God. Spirit of God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, God, we are so aware of your table. Oh, we, we, we cease to look at our condition right now. We cease to look at where we are. We look at your table, God. We look at what you have made available, God. And Lord, we open our mouths wide. We open our hearts wide. We open up a little more this morning, God. And we pray, Father, that you will do it, God. You will fill us. Oh, God, you will begin to flow, God. Father, we are thirsty, God. Oh, Jesus, we come to you, God. We hold back no more, Father. We, we hold back no more, God. We are convinced, God, that there is more available, God. And what we've seen and where we are, Jesus. And we know our world needs it. We know our life needs it, God. We know our families need it, God. And Father, we come to you, Jesus.